The days are going by whether you're spending them the way that you want to be spending them or not. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, that was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Today, I am joined by Lissa Scott, a mind, body, and spirit coach. She previously worked as an interior graphic designer after college and decided it was time to make a change. So I love hearing stories like this. I'm glad I got the chance to talk to Lissa, and I hope you guys enjoy. Your full-time van life out of PA? Yeah, so we're like Airbnb hopping slash van lifing, basically. I had thought that I was going to van life solo, which to work and travel in a van solo is one thing. Uh, And then I met my boyfriend back in October and he has the same job I do more or less where we have scattered calls and podcast times and kind of always need Wi-Fi. We also both love to lift and we were like, well, we better get a house and not live in a van together and try and pull off this whole full-time business thing we have going on. So Basically, on the weekends, we try and venture out, and then during the week, we're in an Airbnb where we can have a full kitchen, a shower, et cetera. Oh, that's pretty sweet. And do you kind of, do you fly by the seat of your pants, or do you plan this stuff out? No, we have 90 days planned out, uh, more or less, at any given time, because we kind of need to know what time zone we're going to be in and (laughs) things like that. Um, There's a couple times this summer where we're definitely going to be winging it. We want to do a music festival out in Montana, and so the time between where we have planned up until, which is Tampa, the end of June, uh, and then mid-July, we don't have a plan. And that's kind of intentional. So there's some mystery to it. Um, But yeah, trying to have somewhat of a plan, like a loose outline, just so that we generally have that feeling of groundedness and can make somewhat, somewhat make plans. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people out there who say, that they're going to buy a van or rent a van and go across the country, but not a lot of people actually do it. So kudos to you guys yeah. for actually uh, actually putting your words at, like and just figuring it out, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's like a 10-year dream. It's really easy to say you're going to do it. Um, and as this one tattoo on my arm says, if not now, when? Like, if not now, then when? And it was just kind of one of those things where the van fell into my lap. Uh, it was too good of a deal at too perfect of a time for me to not do it. And then it was like, let's take a couple months and prepare and let's go, you know, why not? So definitely a wild card, but I'm stoked on it. I'm super grateful that we're able to do it and that our businesses are in a place where it's like risky. Yeah. But not stupid, you know, cause there's a fine line between risky and stupid. Mm-hmm. So let's just go into your background a little bit. Like obviously you didn't just kind of hop in a van and, and do all this stuff with no legwork. So what's I, what's your, (laughs) what's your background in like, like how'd you get into business and everything? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm going to really fast forward to the first part of the story, which is I went to college, like every other person my age seems to be doing. I studied integrative media. I was shooting weddings. I was doing graphic design work for ski and snowboard companies and, uh, local mountains and stuff like that. And then, transitioned out of that very casual corporate world like ski and snowboard industry is pretty pretty loose you know you're like wearing vans and drinking a beer at a work event but um I did not like 
working 40 hours a week. I did not like being at a desk when someone else told me to be at a desk. I much prefer to, you know, do a task to get up and play and come back to my desk. And so I quit my job to travel. Like I've kind of always been one of those people that's trying to just, it's like this attitude in my head all the time is like, let's just see if I can pull this off. Right. Is the general tone to my whole entire life. So like, let's just see if I can take three weeks off and go to Colorado. Let's just see if I can road trip this summer. Like it's always been like that since I was like 17, 18. And so I was like, let's just see if I can pay three months rent and go travel for three months and then find a new job. And what ended up happening was I traveled for three weeks instead of three months. And I came home and was like, let's just see if I can not get another job. And so I ended up taking a part-time job at a restaurant, um, to produce some cash while I started to build my online space. And previous to that, I had my page, Lissa Scott Fitness, it was called at the time. And it was an unmonetized account for three years where I didn't sell anything. I didn't do any giveaways. I was just documenting. And at that time it would have been 2016, 17 and 18, um, which was an okay time to still grow on Instagram. Like you could still get a random follower just for following someone. You didn't really have to have anything amazing on your page. Uh, and I just started to share my fitness and health journey with food and workouts and CrossFit and just, here's what I'm learning and trying to be a positive voice for people. And then became a CrossFit coach, decided I didn't want to own a gym, decided I really liked coaching, started to build out basically online fitness and nutrition, remote programming, remote macros, reverse dieting, all the things, um, was still doing graphic design on the side and making money however I could. And then in July of 2019, um, or I'm sorry, July of 2020, the pandemic hit. And I was like, if not now, when, right? Like, let's go all in with this thing. Let's stop pretending like you're going to work in a restaurant part-time forever. And uh, let's really go for it. And so through a lot of prayer and a lot of really just like sacrifice, you know, it was summer. I wanted to go out and have fun, but I was just kind of like, making it happen. I was doing what I needed to do. I was building a program. I was putting a lot of behind the scenes hours in that weren't glamorous. I was getting a lot of sales calls and hearing a lot of no's. Um, but sometimes it is all reps. And so the more people you talk to, eventually you start finding the right people. And by the end of October, I had a half full client roster for high ticket instead of this like $400 a month stuff. It was like 800 to a thousand dollars a month clients. Um, and then my roster was full the end of December. So saw a ton of growth in the business from July to December. And um, a lot of that has to do with my mentor, Graham. Graham Lickner, his name is. Shout out to Graham for helping me get the pieces in order. So yeah, that's how I found my way into the space. Kind of a long-winded answer, sorry. No, that's like, that's as sped up as you can possibly do. Like you're talking about five or six years of work. Do you think it was important those those two or three years that you didn't try to sell anything on Instagram, like actually building genuine followers, did you think that time was important? Yes and no. Um, I wish that I wish that I would have pivoted into the mind, body, spirit slash business slash personal growth realm that I'm in now sooner, but you can't know what you don't know. So yes, I think that it was great to establish an audience. I think it was fun to play right? My income wasn't attached to my content in any way, shape or form. I could just see what did well. I could just see what people engaged with. So that was definitely super valuable. I think by the time I did launch something, I had a lot of people that had never even seen me pitch anything. And so 
sort of, you know, the numbers game is if you have 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people on your page and you say you have something for sale, somebody probably raises their hand. Um, so I had a few clients literally fall into my lap initially for macros and programming that were just like, I love your attitude and your vibe. And I see, I see that you put in the work and I would love to work with you. Uh, and at that point it was super affordable. I didn't need to build much credibility for like $50 a week coaching, right? You're like, yeah, sure. I like you. You like me, let's do it. Um, and so those were some easy sales. However, now the other side of the coin is I have 5,000 followers, but only 2000 care about what I'm saying right? Because they originally followed me for fitness. And so when I post a butt picture of me, like in my bikini, it gets 600, 700, 800 likes. But when I post something deep and vulnerable, it gets like a hundred or 200 likes. Um, and obviously likes are only one way to measure engagement. I don't care because my client roster is full. Um, it's not about the likes, right? It's about the impact that you're making, but it's just interesting to see, well, probably half of these followers followed me when I was Lissa Scott Fitness, not maximum potency. And so they're not actually here for this. They're just too lazy to unfollow me. Yeah. And a lot of people, <laughs> a, a lot of people you see out there are, um, will just come out and say like no content whatsoever. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, I'm a life coach. Hire me. And you're like, mm -hmm. you, you like only posted pictures, do like drinking beers on the weekend. You've never talked about self-development at all. And now you want me to hire you as a life coach. It's like, you haven't done anything or at least shown people stuff. So I think it, as somebody who my income's not attached to my Instagram, so I'm on the other side of the coin where I can just post genuine content and get followers mm -hmm. that way. And if it builds up an audience, great. And if it doesn't, then I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay with it, you know? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And detaching from that like need for it versus like, Oh, it'd be cool if like, let's just see if I can, right. Going back to that attitude is a super great, great way to not feel stifled in your creativity. Like oftentimes um, I got away from like hardcore launching all the time because it would be like, well, I want to post about this today. This is what's on my heart. And I would feel like, oh my God, well, I can't because I'm in the middle of this launch for this thing. And this thing doesn't fit into that thing. And so now I may be hard launch like twice a year. Um, I just got done one of the hard launches for a group program, but I hardly ever hard launch anymore where it's like marketing for two weeks for this one topic because that holistic approach and that really just documenting your life. Like we're nosy, right? I love just seeing what somebody's up to. So the more you can share like a real human, the better it does. That's the paradox is we try and be all strategic. And like what ends up doing the best is like, my parents got a new dog. What should we name him? Right? Nothing to do with sales. It's just easy to engage with content and having a conversation like a real person. Yeah, I think what you said though is good. Like when it was time for you to have something of value, then people are like, oh yeah, we know, like we know you, we trust you. And now we'll, yes. we'll sign up for something. A hundred percent. And like people were jumping at, I, I did a free challenge way back when it was like four weeks of free workouts and they had seen videos of me, clips of me, just 30 seconds here and there climbing a rope or doing a clean and jerk. And so they knew that this style of workout wasn't bodybuilding. People jumped at that. They were so stoked. I think I had like 47 people in the first challenge. And that was pretty much all people just being like, yo, yes, this sounds dope. Like sign me up. And probably a couple that I reached out to and said, I think you would like this, you know, it was pretty minimal on the effort level as far as getting people signed up. So what you said about just having a warm audience already who had seen the journey, that was definitely super valuable from a connection building standpoint, for sure. Yeah, totally. 
So let's uh, let's talk about corporate America a little bit. Like how? Long... Oh, my favorite topic. <laughs> let's go. How long did it take you to realize that you didn't want to do it? Um, a year, like a year. Uh, I did two internships, but they weren't really very corporate, and they I was only working four hour shifts, so I can't even really call that a corporate job. And then I had my job for a year, and I got. I think I got three promotions in like 14 months or something. And, you know, they were giving me the third one and I'm like gritting my teeth, like, thank you so much. <laughs> but kind of knowing I wasn't going to be there much longer. So like half hesitant to take it. Cause you're like, Oh God, like I'm going to create a bigger hole. Right. But sometimes you just got to do the next right thing. So yeah, I would say about a year in, I was like, I gotta get out of here. Started plotting. It's funny. It's like a, it's like a trap. You start, you get a bonus and you get a nice salary. You get those paychecks every two weeks. It's like, it's pretty nice deal. And then you Mm kind of, you realize all the other negative stuff, but, uh, yeah, I think that's cool that you got out and, and kind of, what was like the, the first year or so of business? Like, did you have a lot of like, were you having a lot of sales or was it, um, a lot of no's and a lot of growing and learning stuff like that? The first year in my own business you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there was like a, an initial like pop of interest and an initial, you know, you have all these people that were warm and then they convert. And so I had maybe 10 or 12 clients come through the door in the course of like just under a year. Um, And then I felt like I was kind of quote unquote running out of leads. And so I had reached out to friends. I had reached out to people and I was like, oh man, like this is kind of, this is going to be interesting to see where I go from here. I hit that plateau. Um, But the first, the first year I was so thirsty to just try everything. It's like, I didn't even really look at failure as a bad thing that first year. I had the restaurant job paying the bills. I had a lot of space to create and I had like, the stakes were high in the fact that I cared about it a lot, but the stakes weren't high in the fact that it wasn't paying my bills. And so I was trying everything. It was like, what if I host a retreat? What if I do this? What if I do that? And then the end of that first year in business, I was like, shit, I think I have more to teach than fitness. I think somebody else can teach you how to do a back squat or a clean way better than I can. And I have a different message to bring. And when I started to go through that shift of coaching just fitness and nutrition to coaching way deeper stuff, like the emotional blocks and the, what do you actually want to do with your life? That stuff. Um, there was a changing of the guard and it was like, Hey, I'm not actually doing personal training and just writing programs anymore. Do you want to work with me on a deeper level? And that filters out a lot of people. So being patient when it looked like my business was regressing, it was actually like a slingshot, right? Like pull back to then like propel forward. You're a fully booked coach and this is your full-time business. So it was like up plateau. And then it looked like a regression, but that regression led into an explosion in the second year of business. So it was really wild. That's awesome. Was there something in your life that led to you being a mind, body, spirit coach and, and preaching all this rip on life and, you know, really enjoying going for it, everything. Was there something that happened to you that, that kind of shifted something in you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was 15, my dad passed away in a motorcycle accident and that forced me into the thinking of, yo, 
this life is urgent. This is happening right now. If there's anything my dad taught me, he was, uh, he was kind of king of like the weekend warrior. And so he would jam as much fun. He worked a corporate job, but he would jam as much fun as he could into like Thursday night to Sunday night and then work really hard for four days and then do it all over again. Um, and I, I watched him and I watched my parents kind of be trapped by that structure, you know, like needing to be at a certain location, needing to be at work a certain day at a certain time. It's like, I don't think I really want that. And so it was kind of like the get out while you can mindset. Um, it was this courageous, like, I don't even know where I got this, but I truly believed that my life could be pretty much whatever I wanted it to be. Like that I didn't have to be stuck in that. And I think that that belief carried me into this whole rip on life thing combined with my dad passing away is the days are going by, whether you're spending them the way that you want to be spending them or not. And so that kind of woke me up to the fact that like, yo, we got to rip on this while we can, we got to leave a legacy while we can. Cause I might only get 41 years, just like he only got 41 years. And so that was a super, this was a supercharger um, on my motivation and on my urgency for life is I think a lot of people our age, you know, in their twenties, they're like, well, eventually I'll get to X, Y, Z. Eventually I'll travel. Eventually I'll get the van. Eventually I'll do whatever. Right now I'm just going to work and hang out. I'm just going to drift. And it allowed me to shift into this mindset where I was not content with drifting whatsoever. And as soon as I feel myself start to drift, I'm like, oof, we got to make a move. Um, if we're not where we want to be and we're drifting, that's not a good sign. <laughs> so yeah, that was a major event for sure. Yeah, you hear that all the time. Like next, after I get this promotion, then I'll be happier. After I get the car, mm -hmm. after I get whatever material things, but it's kind of, it's uh, really just going for it and kind of seeing if you make it. That's what makes you feel alive, not, you know, yes. buy, buying a new Jeep or, or, you know, whatever, whatever that uh, material object you think is going to make you happy. And trust me, yeah. I've, tried, I've tried to buy literally every single product that I think is going to make me happy. And it's funny, like the the things that are usually free, the connections that you make are the ones that are the best, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have my $100,000 friends from college. They're pretty valuable to me. Um, but that's not what I paid for on paper. You know, it's just funny. It's like I went to college to get into this network of people who are still, for the most part, some really good friends of mine. And I'm grateful. But like you're saying, it's, it's usually not the thing. And sometimes it's not even the physical, like we might say, oh, you know, when I'm a certain weight or, oh, you know, when I can even lift a certain amount or when I can do this and when I can do that. And the sad truth of it is usually you, you get the object or you get to the mile marker, so to speak, and you don't feel any different, right? It was the journey the whole time. It sounds so cliche to be like, fall in love with the journey, but like, that finish line is not going to bring you the fulfillment that you think it will anyway. So can you enjoy the pursuit of, and can you go for it? And can you dump yourself all the way into the things that are in front of you? Because that throwing myself fully into things thing has gotten me so far, so far. And that is truly what I feel like has made my life so different from somebody else who's my age and more or less had the same upbringing. What's your mindset like, though, when it feels like you're regressing in business, when it feels like those those calls are drying up? Are you thinking about the process or is this something that's hard to go through? Um, I think both, honestly. 
like I've just always understood that those losses are kind of like part of the game, right? It's like the scars are part of playing hard as as a kid. Um, I'm here for it. I'm here for it all. I'm here to grow. I'm here to say, what is this teaching me? And in those moments of like, shit, this isn't working. I just lean really heavy into my faith. And I'm like, if I was called to this, if I'm following the call of my soul, if I'm following like truly what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, then the failure isn't permanent. It's just a season. Um, and so it's like, what can I try next? It's, it's this constant fascination of like, if what I'm doing right now isn't working, then what's next? And what it's like trying to find the right piece, right? In the puzzle. It's like, I'll just, what piece am I trying next? And just constantly being on the lookout. And then the other thing that keeps me going in those times is like, I know that I'm a humble enough person to do whatever. If I need to go back to waitressing some tables while my business figures itself out, like I'm willing to. And so that feeling of like, you're, Lisa, you're resourceful enough to kind of make it work no matter what keeps me going. Yeah, I like that. A lot of people are afraid to do that, like to yes. actually go back. And even that might not be a failure. That might just be something that you have to do. But yes. that kind of making it work mindset, I think is good. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you're going all in and it's whatever it takes, no, no matter what obstacles come up. And I just uh, talked about the obstacles away on the podcast. Have you read that book by Ryan Holiday? No, I haven't. You should check that out. But uh, okay. Yeah, it's just talking about it's all sorts of stoic philosophy and just people who, you know, presidents and people through history who have went through major obstacles. And Mm -hmm. every time it's like the obstacle is the thing that leads to the biggest growth, not the the successes. Usually it's like a false teacher, you know, when you start having some success. Yes. And the other thing is, you know, I had to really scrap like I always say I was scrapping, right? I was putting all these little pieces together to like make rent. I was living as simple as I could so that my expenses were as low as they could be, like things like that. I still know how to do those things, right? If I'm a couple hundred bucks short this month, I can probably go do some of those things I used to do for money and still make them work. Like I have a Poshmark account with freaking 17,000 followers on it from when I used to flip clothes. You think I could flip some clothes this month if I had to? Like, yup. And so it's like, you don't lose that skill set. I still know how to waitress. If I need to go get a waitressing job, guess what? I get to walk in. I get to be the friendliest chick with like super good energy and go, yeah, I waitressed for three years, two years, whatever. And they're like, cool, you can start Monday, right? It's like, you still have the advantage. It's so like, nobody can take those experiences from you. Nobody can take those little things you did to get by from you. And they can still be the things that carry you. And there's no shame in that. You know, like I have friends that have good jobs now. And when they want to go on vacation, they start blowing leaves for people. It's just random little stuff that they're like, yeah, we used to make money like this. Let's try it again. And it still works. It's wild. Yeah. The, the, the easiest things too can be, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of, one of my friends, Kim is actually, they're like moving across the country and her husband, Mike is just going to be a bartender. Like, just Mm -hmm. at random bars and he's literally the most outgoing nicest person that you will ever meet and I'm like he'll (laughs) be the best bartender ever and like he'll probably make a make a good living off that yeah so have you told anybody or like has anyone told you like you're crazy like 
you have to work a job or you have to, you have to be in one place. Like has people told you that? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a stubborn person. Um, so people have a hard time. Maybe they have a hard time saying it, or maybe they have a hard time getting through to me when I'm in the thick of the thing that they think is crazy. It's almost like I don't hear them, but before I do things, I'll tend to like bounce my ideas off of people, right? And I'll be like, I think I'm going to X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z. And what I hear a lot in that planning phase is, this is my favorite line of all time to riff on. You can't just fill in the blank, right? You can't just travel and work. You can't just make money online. You can't, I love those statements more than anything. And I've heard countless, you can't just have all those tattoos and have a good living, right? Like name it, name it. Somebody will tell me I can't just X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z. And it's like, that has happened so many times. And I said to Zavi, my boyfriend the other night said, I finally feel like I'm at a place in my life where my entire life has taken all of those statements, those you can't just X, Y, Z statements. And it's just like holding up the cardboard sign, right? The crossfitter with the cardboard sign. And it just says, actually I can. And um, it's, it's, it's all been just a bunch of hot air. And I think that mostly people throw those statements at you when they wish they could just X, Y, Z, um, or they simply don't believe that you can. But again, taking that attitude of like, let's just see if I can, I don't know. Um, and kind of not being, not being too sure of yourself either. Like I sound very sure of myself right now, but keep in mind that I really still am in the just, let's just see how long I can do this for how long can I travel and make enough money to keep going? Right. Like it's all just a, I don't want to say it's all just a game, but it's all just a game. Yeah. I think that's a good mindset to have. Like you're not too tied down to one philosophy. Like if you had to go back right. and, and work somewhere for six months, you will. And if exactly. you can, if you can keep doing it, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like most parents would be like, like what are you doing like do you have health <laughs> do you have health insurance like you're gonna you're gonna travel across the country like you you gotta grow up at some point you know but it's yeah it's just like times are changing like you can really do whatever you want online yeah yeah I mean we're at a point too where I think Zavi and I's salary combined might be the same as my parents combined and so it's like well hey it's working it's it's not as foolish as you might think it's not like we're living on two grand a month anymore. Like I used to at my corporate job. Right. And when you put it through that lens, it's like, oh man, like what were you doing for 40 hours a week? If you were bringing home two two K a month, two um, K a month is like some of my worst months in business. So it's interesting when you put that lens on too, and don't even get me started on like the time to money ratio. Right. It's just so different. Um, but I mean, my parents, the health insurance thing, I said, then this is my personal philosophy is like health insurance is for people who don't live a healthy life. It's sick insurance. So I'm going to do everything in my power to invest in my health. And I have a good amount of cash in the bank that if something happens, I'll create a payment plan plan with whoever I receive care from. Right. And so at least I'm paying for what, what I'm using. Um, I'm coming up on the point now where I'll probably end up getting health insurance again in the next year, but there's no reason not to. Um, but for that two year gamble period, it was kind of like, well, don't be stupid. Right. I had my medical coverage on my car insurance jacked all the way up in case I got in the car accident. And, uh, yeah, I, I really spent some time living on a prayer for sure. And, um, 
feeling like I was divinely led to to this. If God will bring you to it, he'll protect you through it. So it was just like one of those things where I was like, I, I didn't get this idea from thin air, right? It was put on my heart and this is truly what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And so I feel like I am in no means do I feel like I'm indestructible, but I do feel like I am protected to a degree and provided for to a degree. That's great. So what's yeah. a, what's a day in the life look like? What are you, are you waking up at 10 AM or how's uh how's the day in the life going? Yeah. Day in the life of van life edition is uh wake up anywhere between seven and eight. There's no alarm. I literally just like let my body wake itself up. Um, haven't slept in past eight fifteen yet. So we're doing pretty good. <laughs> we go to CrossFit around nine 30, take an hour, hour and a half to go work out first thing in the morning. Uh, morning routine is write down 10 statements in past tense that you want to be true. You know, um, kind of like vision casting for your life in the morning, a little bit of gratitude. Uh, we work out fasted. We come back, we make breakfast, get a shower. And then I pretty much coach, uh, noon to four or noon to six or noon to eight. Whenever I'm done, um, I front load my week. So Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday are way heavier than Thursday and Friday. And that's with great intention so that we can play on the weekends. Um, and then, uh, at night we usually go for a walk, hang out, read, watch a show, whatever, listen to a podcast, call our friends, call our moms. And, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the wild card. You don't know what we're going to get into. And, uh, that's the way we like it. So that's kind of the weekly rundown podcast, coaching calls, writing content, writing programs, calling our friends, calling peeps. We have never talked to, I get on the phone with a stranger at least twice a week. And it's so fun. What's the past 10 statements? I didn't catch that. Oh yeah. So every morning, yeah, every morning in my journal, I write down the same 10 statements in past tense. Like they already happened. So it says like, I made X amount of money this year. Um, I traveled as I pleased with the love of my life is Avi D. I was fully booked all year with high ticket clients. I had time to snowboard, wakeboard, trail run every week. I got to relax, play, explore, chill. I had plenty of time to food prep, train, lift, recover, right? Like all the things that I want my life to be, I just wrote them as if they already happened. So basically my 2021 statements at the end of the year should be my 2021 review. Okay, that I sense? like that. Yeah. <laughs> why, why is it important that you write them as if they already happened? Like, is there some kind of magic in that instead of writing as if you want them to happen? Right. So when you, two things, when you write, I want to X, Y, Z, you're highlighting to your subconscious mind. Cause when we repeat things, like what's effective about it is that you repeat it every day. Right. So when we repeat things to our mind, our mind starts to believe them. And this is like some Napoleon Hill, like thinking go rich type thinking. This is where I got this general mindset from um, is our mind believes what we tell it. And so if that's true by, by me saying I want, it's me highlighting the lack I want because I don't yet have X, Y, Z. Whereas if I say it already happened, it's tricking my mind into believing that it already happened. And so by doing that, it's almost like I have to live into that statement, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, I'm 10 times more likely to live as though that's true. When I tell myself, Liz, you were fully booked all year with high ticket clients. It's April 12th. And so far that's been true. Can I keep, can I keep going so that that stays true is a lot easier of a mindset than like, you know, I hope to be, 
I desire. I just really hate those words because they sound so flighty and they sound so uncommitted versus like, I did this. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I don't think I've ever heard that because most people write down, you write down your one, three or five year goals or whatever. And it's, uh, yeah. you write them not as if they're happening. You write them as in five years, I will achieve this instead of being like, oh, in five years, I already did this. And I don't yes. know. I'm sure there's like both sides of the coin. I did read, um, forget where I read it, but it talked about like saying your goals out loud to other people mm-hmm. wasn't good because your brain releases dopamine and as if you already achieved them without actually achieving them. So I think, and that might, it might be different when you're writing it down in your journal, like personally, instead of going around yeah. and saying, I already achieved this, but you didn't. Right, right. That would be kind of unhealthy, right? Because it'll almost be like you were lying then and you're in the energy of a lie. Um, but no, it's like truly statements that I feel like I can live into too. Nothing's too lofty. It doesn't say like there's a Range Rover in the driveway and I have a $5 million home on the coast of California. But things are, they're bite-sized goals. They're, they're realistic realistic or maybe like 10 to 20 percent outside of reality for the year um and so i took that into account like it's not my 10-year goal written as this year right it's like what is happening in the next six to 12 months that you're going to live into and so i definitely have that five-year goal written down as as a target to shoot for and then we reverse engineer it and the reverse engineering gets broken down into a yearly or a quarterly goal and then it feels like oh i could probably find two more clients in the next three months yeah that seems so doable versus like, I'll be a millionaire by 30, as people like to say, right? Um, that's not my goal, by the way. It's just interesting to hear people talk. Has there been anything you've written down so far that you either achieved and been like, oh, that wasn't it? Or maybe something that you're like, oh, I, I can achieve that? Something that's super unrealistic? Not even unrealistic, but... I, I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But maybe just something that you achieved and you're like, oh, this didn't make me happier. It just didn't vibe with with what I want. Yeah, for sure. So um, not this year. This year, mine feels pretty spot on. But when I had that, that arrow drawn to be a full-time graphic designer and then I started doing it and I hated it, I was like, oh, shit, right? I got to get out of here. Um, there's some shame in that. This is what you said you wanted. You should be grateful because you have a full-time job, right? Things like that. Um, definitely, definitely took some sitting with and working through and releasing like, you know, it's okay if the goal changed. And the statement that I, one of the statements that I clung to in that season of quote unquote, outgrowing my original dream of being a successful graphic designer was it's okay to outgrow your dream. Like it's okay if you grew through it and now you want something different versus, hey, I can't get that, so I'm not going to try, right? I got there and was like, hmm, that was interesting. This wasn't the thing. And so you pivot. Um, and then the one that's on there this year, that's probably not going to happen, but um, my fingers are still crossed and I'm still like trying for it. Is, um, it it's two statements about money. And one, one is that I'm 100% debt-free, which would mean paying off my truck. Um, and the other is that there's an extra $30,000 in my bank account. And I feel like one of those will be true at the end of the year. I'm not sure which one, <laughs> but we are not on track for both to be true. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write it anyway. So what if it takes a little longer? So what if it's 21, 2021 and 2022 combined? It's all right. But one spills over. So, yeah. And let's just get into your fitness a little bit. We actually, yeah, I don't sure. know if you know this, but we competed at the same weightlifting meet back in 2018. 
at um CrossFit Rage. KOP. Oh, at Rage. Okay. That was you came to Rage. Yeah, that was my first meet ever. And it's funny, like we went in two separate directions. Like I'm all in on weightlifting, and you're still in the CrossFit space, kind of just working out for health. So, what's been your fitness journey? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I think that was my first meet too. Oh, really? um, which is hysterical. Yeah. We couldn't have known, but there was some, that was a throwdown. That was a good day. Um, I PR'd my clean and jerk that day. I still remember it. And, um, yeah, so I was weightlifting, um, and doing CrossFit. And before that I was in a regular gym, you know, I was growing up, I played sports. I played lacrosse for six years. I cheered for a couple of years. I did cross country, the end of high school, um, and then college came around and I was a gym rat. And the reason I was a gym rat wasn't because I was a gym rat. It was because I didn't want to do my homework. And so I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym. But then I'd go to the gym for like two hours as a form of procrastination. And so if you went to college, you could probably relate with that. It's like, it was easier to kill time with the gym than to go do the things that you had to do. So, um, I was at the gym all the time. And then, uh, I got bored. I got bored. I was like 21. I was most of the way through college. And I was like, I just don't think I can do another like three by 12 with the gym on the machine. I just, I don't have it in me. And so that summer I came home and Josh Wagner, owner of uh, CrossFit rate or CrossFit apex was my high school gym teacher. And so I had this like loose exposure to CrossFit without a barbell. I had dumbbell movements. I had air squats. I had sprints, AMRAPs, you know, all the, all the things. And I was like, man, that was fun when we did that. That was a cool way to work out. I was never bored. You were done in like 20 minutes. I'm like reminiscing. And so I said to my stepdad, cause he was bored at the gym as well. He had been personal training for like 15 years at that point. He was like, yeah, let's go try CrossFit. So I called a couple friends. They said, go over to rage, went over to rage, got my ass kicked for the first two weeks. I like the first two weeks. I was just like, am I going to live through this workout? Like that was the dominating question in my mind. Um, but never looked back. It was like no air conditioning, no mirrors, no limits. Apparently like these people at rage were super competitive top of the pack. Jordy, the owner went to the games like three times. Like it was just like insane to be around these people, different caliber, right? Rip on life in a fitness form was, was definitely evident in those four walls. And so I was like, man, this is cool. Loved CrossFit, but CrossFit doesn't have any weight classes. So I'm there. I am 115 pounds. And I'm like, I can't even compete locally. Like, so because of the weight class thing, I started dipping my toe in the water with the weightlifting. And I was like, Oh, let me compete against girls who are more or less my size. Um, and do that. And then that led to me really falling in love with being at the gym for two or three hours, right? Half hour, warm up, hour of CrossFit, half hour of technique work, half hour of lifting, like half hour of socializing, leave, Um, And that just became the lifestyle and um, continued on to coach. Then I had keys to a gym and then I was able to go in and basically do a morning session and an afternoon session. So I could like Olympic lift in the morning and Metcon in the afternoon and, you know, get sweaty twice a day and procrastinate even more. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But it felt like my whole life was like driving to the gym, eating and showering was just like all I did. Um, But got into strongman, competed in strongman, again, a sport with weight classes, and then ultimately was like, well, you know, I did, I did three Olympic weightlifting meets. I did two strongman. I did two local CrossFit comps. CrossFit's my favorite. Uh, and so there's no weight classes again. And now I'm 15 pounds heavier. I'm 130 pounds and probably still never going to be somebody who makes it to 
super competitive amount of CrossFit, you know, super far into the sport. And so I just started to realize like, this is only a component of life. This is only a component of what it means to be a human. It's a damn important one it is certainly one of the things that if my fitness goes down the drain, the wheels fall off a little bit, keeps me going, keeps me grounded, keeps me grateful. Um, I love the community around CrossFit. I love the fundraisers. Hey, so-and-so their house burnt down. We're going to do a lot and we're going to all bring money. Like I love that aspect of it. Um, even all the hero workouts, you know, Murph and things like that. I just think it's amazing. I don't think it's ever something I'll really walk away from. We're like six years in and I'm not even a little bit bored. So it's just been such a good run. It's such a good way to push yourself. And it's also, you can spend an hour in the gym and still get a good workout. in. You don't need three. And I love that about it is that I've been able to scale back in intensity based on the season of life that I'm in, right? Sometimes it's just getting three times a weekend and other times it's like, I hit eight wads in five days. Let's go, right? There's been different seasons and it's just been really, really a sport that has given back to me in so many different ways. Yeah, CrossFit does that to people. And my weightlifter friends might be a little bit upset by this, but I've been doing, I've been going to a CrossFit gym once a week and just doing a wad. And it's so, yeah. it's so much fun. And it, I think it's better when I'm not competitive because I just go there mm-hmm. and I, I usually train at, at night. So if I go there in the morning, I'm not trying to ruin my whole workout at night. So I'm just going in and moving and sweating and laughing with people. And if yeah. I finish the workout in 10 minutes or seven minutes, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm in, I'm in a little bit of a season of that too. It's like, I want to go in. My goal is to feel good. There's nothing that feels good about being out of breath. Right. So it's kind of an oxymoron, but, um, I just want to go in and, and, and know that I sweated. Like, I think that a lot of people, we just sit too much, you know, it's like, go move, go really let it out. And, uh, you should sweat like you're running from the cops at least three times a week. And so that's like what CrossFit, that's the box it checks for me is I'm like, we're conditioned. We're in a good place. Our hearts are healthy. Um, there's a big, like intuitive, intuitive women, like just want to move what, how in the way that feels good for me today. And I'm calling BS on that. Um, I think that that's great unless you have strength that you need to have, or you need to perform, or you want to be cardiovascularly in shape because no part of me ever feels like dying on the floor. Right. But I'm always happy after it's done. So it's just interesting. Um, the modalities and the, the spaces. And it's just such a cool way to meet people when we travel, you know, we go and the CrossFit coaches basically become our tour guides. They tell us where to hike, where to eat. So fun. Love it. Yeah. That's dope. Have What's, what's been your favorite gym that you dropped into? Mm, been traveling for a while. So, uh, CrossFit summit South in Asheville, North Carolina is one of my absolute favorites. CrossFit key West, really fun. And uh, the gym we're at right now is called CrossFit Brigade, and it's in Chattanooga. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Yeah, that's dope. That Like, you literally just have to, all you have to do is just show up. And yeah. you have instant friends. You have instant stuff to do. That that community part is absolutely awesome that CrossFit does. It's killer. Yeah. So good. And it's it's cool because you not only get to see what people look like in an area, you get to talk to 20 people, right? So you hear the accent or you, you can say to them like, dude, what's, what's the deal? Everybody around here drives an XYZ or everybody around here wears this. Like what, what's that all about? And you can kind of get a feel for the flavor of the culture, wherever you are. Um, one of the things I learned in Key West is that no one's from Key West. 
everybody just ends up in QS, right? So just hearing the stories of people, so awesome. Um, and I have a fascination with anybody who's not working a nine to five. And if you're at a 9.30 a.m. CrossFit class, chances are the people next to you are not working a nine to five because it's 9.30 and they're at the gym, right? So I love going to like a midday CrossFit class and going like, what do you do for work? What do you do for work? What, like, why are you here right now? I just think that's the coolest thing ever. That's what I used to do before I had my business is I would just go around and ask people what they did because I was looking for ideas. Yeah. Well, cool. We, we've talked about business. We talked about fitness. Um, can you just give people like a rundown of what actually you do if people want to work with you? Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you so much for asking that too. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So mind, body, spirit coaching kind of takes a couple different forms. Um, the two main things that I help people do are business growth and personal growth. And if I'm really lucky, we get to do both together, uh, help people with their usually online business, creating their first real offer, working on their visual branding, working on their messaging, you know, what is your brand's vision, mission, and values? And what is the tone of your content? And then what is your sales process like, right? Because cold DMing doesn't really work anymore. We're past the 2016 era. So how can we connect with your ideal client? How can we get in front of people in a unique way? That's what I do on the business side. And then on the personal growth side, it's like, are you ripping on life? Is this your ideal reality? And if it's not, then let's define that. And then let's work toward that and close that gap. Um, Because most of us know where we want to be. We just don't know how to get there. And so sometimes all it takes is one other person to help you reverse engineer and go, let's take a step in the right direction. So that's the nature of my work. I do six to 12 month mentorships with people. We typically do a retreat in the middle of it, go somewhere fun, hang out, be immersed in personal growth for like five days. And um, yeah, I'm loving it. So we do have some spots opening in May, uh, which is exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. Okay. And where can people go if they want to sign up? Yeah. So my page is at Maximum Potency. Shoot me a DM. Probably see it in 24 hours and we'll be talking. We'll be on a coffee date phone call, seeing if we're a good fit, hanging out. Um, There's no like online sign up or anything. My website is life at MaximumPotency.com. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. Thanks so much for coming on. Heck yes, Angelo. Thank you so much for having me. Once again, thanks so much, Alyssa, for coming on the podcast. Really appreciated getting to talk to her. If you guys enjoyed this one, just make sure to take a quick screenshot and share it out on your Instagram story. And you can also tag both of us at Maximum Potency and at Better Than Yesterday Pod. Thank you guys again for the support. Really appreciate you listening week in and week out. And I will talk to you guys on the next one.